Welcome to Gleaming the Tube, the podcast where Kevin and Mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point. Finally, a podcast where people talk about movies. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kevin. 1988's Big, directed by Penny Marshall, Laverne DeFazio herself, stars Tom Hanks as Josh Baskin, a pre-adolescent boy whose wish to be big transforms him physically into an adult. And Michael and I watched this movie. We sure did. So, Mike, I assume you've seen you had seen Big before we watched it for the podcast. Absolutely, yes. I think I may have even seen it in the theater. I remember seeing it. I don't think I've seen Big since I was a kid. I think the last time I watched it, I was maybe like Josh Baskin's age, like maybe the kid. Maybe I was like 12 years old. Oh, really? Yeah. I Like, I have not watched it since. And I thought it was good, but I did not think it was great on this rewatch. Yeah, it's 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 of a certain time. It's of a certain it's got a certain charm to it. Um I I think that the this more recent time that I watched it it reminded me of uh you know, I think it was a movie that I it was probably on HBO or something often enough that I did see it kind of frequently as a you know a teen and a young adult and i uh, i think the first thing i always think of when i think of this movie is i would <laughs> i would love to have been in the room during the conversation as to whether the kid gets laid or not <laughs> you know i mean i i uh, i'm not surprised you went there first i think it's uh one of those things where if big were made today it would be very clear that tom hanks and elizabeth perkins characters did not become a part of the rhythm nation together (laughs) but in the movie i watched last night yeah yeah it seemed very clear to me through the way it was edited that some Hanky panky went down between Hanks and Elizabeth Perkins to the the point where um, like one of the things I was reading about the film is that when Penny Marshall was looking to get it made, uh, she was friends with Deborah Winger. And I think they were supposed to work together on Peggy Sue Got Married. And I think um, Penny Marshall got dropped from that and Deborah Winger quit in solidarity. And then Penny Marshall was making this script and Deborah Winger was asking her to like switch the gender of of the main character and be like have it be about a little girl that becomes an adult. And Penny Marshall was like, "We can't do that because the relationship will be too like weird." And I think it's still weird. Like, but I think nowadays it would be acknowledged that it's not like appropriate material for a light comedy. Right, right. It's like he's not a, he looks like a grown up, but that is not a grown. <laughs> yeah, and it's um like I think if you know you could have kept the whole like the initial bit where it's like, do you want to sleep over and I get to be on top, and then he goes on the top of the bunk bed. Um, but the the way like it happens later, where Elizabeth Perkins like removes her blouse and Tom Hanks puts his hand on her breastuses. And then you smash cut to the next morning where he comes out of the elevator going bop, 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 bop. Like it's. Yeah. I've seen enough movies 
to know what went down there. It's it's uh it's it's a weird choice. And I think it's 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 a strange choice. I had also read in this original script, like when Elizabeth Perkins drops Tom Hanks off at the end of the movie, in the script she was supposed to kiss him on the lips, and she's like Elizabeth Perkins was like, No, my character knows that this person's a kid now. I'm gonna kiss him on the forehead. It's a very different dynamic. Well, and I and that almost it's funny. I hadn't actually thought of that, but I didn't know that she was supposed to kiss him on the lips. But now that that's a good choice. Now that her character knows that he's a little kid, she can't kiss him on the lips. Four seconds later, he's a 12 year old again. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Uh, it's uh, you know, I mean, this is a fantasy movie. Uh, I am sure there are people who are like, well, what are the rules of how the Zoltar machine actually works? <laughs> and, you know, but uh, I think, you know, this is almost, it's almost like a fable or something. But right. I think, I think the, the main thing this movie has going for it is uh, Tom Hanks. Who he's great. I think is great in this movie. Like he's, he was uh, nominated for an Oscar for it. Like deservedly so. Yeah, and I think this is the movie that sort of like pushed him out of uh, sort of the light comedy like milieu into like being someone who was considered for more dramatic parts. I think. Right. I think this wow. movie was huge for Tom Hanks' career. I yeah. think like around the time of this movie, he was still playing sidekick to Dan Aykroyd in the Dragnet live action movie oh man that's that's a that's another that's another movie (laughs) um i yeah i think tom hanks played it you know to me it's like clearly the 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 running gag is that there's not much difference between a 12 year old boy and a and a 35 year old man (laughs) like they they kind of process things almost the same way and the way he plays it is pretty damn right on like i yeah is it's it's he it, you know it, it's one of those it's one of those things you could have played it all wrong but i think tom and in in the, in tom hanks's hands he plays it just right now i think that performance is excellent but i don't like many of the other performances in this movie uh i like i think robert loge is good and i think you know obviously there's that famous scene where hanks and loge are duetting on the giant piano in F.A.O. Schwartz to Heart and Soul and Chopsticks. And I liked his performance. Yeah. Um, I thought Elizabeth Perkins was not great in this movie. You know, she was fine. I thought uh, John Hurd as sort of the yuppie scumbag boyfriend was also like a li- just a little too over the top and i was like this is such an 80s thing to have these these weird yuppie characters who are just despicable <laughs> and uh like i feel like it, it reaches its apotheosis with bradley whitford in billy madison yes <laughs> a, yeah, a yeah, film well, that like bradley bradley whitford for a while was trying to pretend did not exist <laughs> <laughs> but he's like i feel like he did that Roland Billy Madison and everyone was like, all right, it's been perfected. Yeah, yeah, that's that's we we don't need to go to that well anymore. The trope has now become a caricature of itself. Yeah, it's he's he's the ultimate. I mean, John John Hurd's a good example of the form. But again, it's a little 
paint by numbers. And I mean, I do appreciate, uh, Hey, it's that guy actor. And John Hurt yeah. was absolutely one of those where he shows up and I was like, Oh, it's that guy. It's that guy. Right. Kevin McAllister's dad from home alone. And one billion other movies <laughs> of the exact same caliber. Yeah. I, I did think it played well. I like the dynamic that he doesn't realize he's in this like deep competition with a kid. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, you know, you, he could have played that exactly the same way, at, you know, in any number of, of 80s, you know, yuppie comedies where it wasn't, a, you know, he's just a competitive asshole, but it's not a kid. But the fact that Tom Hanks's character is supposed to be 12 and really doesn't kind of know what's going on, that that is a little bit sort of there's a little bit of deliciousness there, I suppose. Yeah, I think I think there's a version of this movie where the satire is much more vicious because I, I found like it to be a very like I found the satire to be very gentle. Yes. In yeah, terms very of low key. I like you could have done a, a version of this movie, especially about sort of like business and a kid, someone who's like mentally a kid in business and how that's how everyone else acts, too. I like I think that's I mean, that's not what this movie is, but and it, the movie's probably like, I think uh the movie was as successful as it was because it wasn't as vicious as I would like it to be. Well, right. Um, yeah. There is a, there is like the, I always, you know, it's, it's funny cause I'm not, I'm not, not a fan of Adam Sandler. I think Adam Sandler movies are very funny, but the Adam Sandler's version of the story is always the most over the top version. Mm-hmm. And I always like to think about movies that are a little bit more gentle and and a little bit more subtle in the way that they're delivered and then i think of it through the adam sandler you know filter if big if big had starred adam sandler yes and was made in say 1996 it would be a very different movie right um i i do think you know some of the stuff even uh i, I just think Hanks has a gentler touch than Adam right. Sandler. Like the, the scene where he shows up to the party in the tuxedo, in the in the white sort of rhinestone encrusted tuxedo, and he's sort of, you know, eating a little corn on the cob and spitting out the caviar. Like Sandler would have done most of those same things, but I think Hanks is and I don't I don't feel like this is uh the hottest take ever elicited on a podcast, but I think Tom Hanks may be a better actor than Adam Sandler. <laughs> Or, or at least that you know that, that like you said the, the scene with the, the miniature corn and the and the uh the caviar would have been a much broader and longer scene the, the the example i always like to use is the movie stranger than fiction with will ferrell mm-hmm. which is a you know the 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 concept and the the you know the the story behind that movie could very easily have been an adam sandler movie with him you know, walking around and, he- and hearing the the voiceover of his own life, and then just going like shibbity doo, you know. But yeah. with you know, with the way, and that probably would have been a pretty funny movie. But it's a different, it's a different animal. There would have been a lot more shibbity doo. Yes, and yes. I think I think the Pat, the like adult Josh Baskin, would have been like more aggressive overall. Oh yeah, he would have like you know, 
Well, I'm going to hit you for going over the line on the squash court or whatever. <laughs> I'm good at impressions is is essentially what I'm saying here. I, I thought to myself, when did you have time to, to uh, add that little uh, that little snippet from from Adam Sandler? Kevin, that was that was amazing. It was I was transported. <laughs> I think I think at the time, I think while they were making this movie, everyone involved knew that it was coming along at the exact same time as this rat, like this rash of age switching comedies. There was like father, like son with Kurt Cameron and Dudley Moore. There was vice versa with judge Reinhold and Fred Savage. There was 18 again with George Burns and uh, everyone's favorite Ferris Bueller, Charlie Schlatter, the TV, <laughs> the TV version of Ferris Bueller. Um, and I think there was a movie called like uh, 14 going on 30 about a young girl who grows up and there was this and it was just like one of those weird moments where suddenly you know there's three Lombada movies or there's three meteor hit in the earth movies and suddenly in 1987 slash 88 there were a billion kid in adult body movies and I think uh, I was reading like Hanks and Perkins while they were filming it. were like, well, this is going straight to video because there's a billion other. <laughs> and I think what saves it is Hanks performance and the fact yeah. that they were trying to go for something a little more kind of gentle. I think it appealed to a broader audience than someone wanting to see Judge Reinhold on a skateboard. Because I will note like every single one of those other movies also has skateboarding in it. <laughs> Oh man, well I guess I just I guess we just uh, extended the life of this podcast by uh, Well, I don't know. Before. Like on the vice versa, it's on the poster. Like Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's Judge Reinhold on, on a, a skateboard on the poster. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm I was sort of like I was hoping maybe to knock them all out with this episode and be like <laughs> age switching movies cuz um even uh the original Freaky Friday from the 70s with Jodie Foster, she's skateboards in that too. That's right. Damn, Kevin. There's, it's like, that's you. It's, it's one of the totems of the body swap movie. And I think, uh, I mean, this is clearly the best of those. 18 again is very weird because it's, it's just Charlie Schlatter doing a George Burns impression that is about of the same caliber of my recent Adam Sandler impression (laughs) for the course of the movie and being like, like, I want to make everyone have a 1920s party. (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying, Kevin, is that it's a very good George Burns impression. It's a great impression. He's like, we'll have a 1920s party because that's when I was a kid and I'm George Burns is 81 and I'm 18. Like that's it's it's not good. Um, Perfect. Big, 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 I think, is a good movie, but I don't think it's a great movie. Well, it's certainly better than all the other movies that you've made uh, reference to and it's funny because you know i think about the the i the use of a skateboard in any of those scenarios it's if one thing i i feel like that's become evident in doing this podcast is when you want to express that a kid is a kid but he's a cool kid you give him a skateboard if the, if the kid is a kid and you know it, there's not it's it won't be as cool as if, if he's riding roller skates and it won't be as cool if maybe a BMX bike but a cool kid Kevin skateboards well it's interesting cuz uh Josh only really rides a skateboard in the movie when he's an adult 
Yes. He's, he's riding a skateboard through his kind of tricked out apartment. But his friend, uh, Billy, rides a skateboard a lot. Because I, yeah. I think Billy's yeah. sort of uh, portrayed as like the more worldly of the two or sees himself as the more worldly. Um, and I, I do think like one of the things that hurt my watching of this movie, I'm going to say, is uh, last weekend with my kids, we watched the movie E.T. And the like child performances in that movie are like so naturalistic yeah. and good. And the child performances in this movie are fine for a child performance in a movie, but they're just it, like, it's fine. Um, it's fine. Uh, I, I do like that. Billy's plan when he figures out that his best friend has become like a 35 year old man or whatever is let's go to the most dangerous part of New York and get you. Yes. Set up. Let's leave this. <laughs> Like very sort of a sedate suburb and we're going to get you to a a hotel where there are literally nonstop gunshots happening outside. Yeah. Well, you got to get first. I mean, it, it, it follows. You got to get out of town. They're going to be looking for them in town. Uh, so where do you go? You go to a seedy place where nobody's looking for anybody. Mm-hmm. I really, the scene that I always really enjoy, I enjoyed it as a kid and I enjoyed it on this watch is the scene where Josh Baskin as an adult shows up to high school or to, to the middle school. And he's got to convince Billy that he's Josh. And they do that weird, you know, that rhyme handshake thing that they do. Yes. In the, I really like that scene. I really like the way they play it where the kid sort of slowly starts to be like, yeah, wow, holy shit, it is him. And they do the crazy Jimmy Jimmy show. It's I just I I like that scene a lot. It's uh it's which apparently Tom Hanks got from his son, uh, and also apparently Tom Hanks like still remembers how to do it to this day. Wow, wow! Like, I like I, that he was on a talk show recently. Like I say, recently, like in the last seven years, and like just did it um, to to everyone's delight. But uh, I think it, like how. Uh, you know, the late Carrie Fisher used to just be able to rattle off the whole uh, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi speech from memory because she just said maybe she did like so many takes of it. But that was that for Tom Hanks. Apparently, that's one of those things that's just stuck in there. Apparently that and Peter Scolari's old phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can you can call Peter Scolari at any time. Just yes. to pick up the phone. It's, it's like Peter. This isn't Peter's number anymore. <laughs> but this is Tom Hanks. <laughs> but this is Tom Hanks. You know from Mazes and Monsters. Yes. Have you? You know. Have you seen Mazes and Monsters, Michael? I I have. It's a strange movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about on the podcast. But I'm just going to go into it anyway because Mazes, hey, man. Mazes and Monsters is a made-for-TV movie. Starring a pre-fame Tom Hanks about the evils of fantasy role-playing games. It's, yeah, he like loses it, right? He kind of he like loses the plot at the end. His character, he starts to believe he's really his character, and it goes very poorly for a lot of people. And uh, it's a cautionary tale, and it's one of my favorite examples of sort of the hysteria that sprung up around Dungeons and Dragons in the 1980s. There's blood on my knife. And it's on my hands. I think I killed somebody. I know I killed somebody. Mazes and Monsters is a far out game. Swords, poison, spells, 
battles, maiming, killing. Hey, it's all imagination. Is it? I, I don't know how I feel about their plan at the end to release an electronic comic book for $19. I don't think, I think there were attempts to do something like that in the late eighties, early nineties. I never think it took off. So oh, I, I'm sorry. We're back to big. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I feel like the technology wasn't there quite yet. Uh, I also just don't think for whatever reason, cause I don't, I still don't think there's anything like an electronic comic book. It seemed a little bit, it, it seemed like it wasn't the idea I would have landed on. I liked his idea of a, of a robot that turns into a bug instead of a building. That's a, that's a, that's a toy everybody wants. That was smart thinking. Um, I do. I was impressed with like how, especially in her early scenes, like Elizabeth Perkins, like wielded the cigarette, like it was a sword and yes. her shoulder part pads were a suit of armor. So she could go and do battle in the corporate world. Every day, she was pulling some real Mel- Melanie Griffith shapes. Yeah, and uh, it's and uh, speaking of you know Working Girl, which also starred Harrison Ford. This movie was originally written with Harrison Ford in mind, and again, that, as as Josh, yeah, and again, that would have been a wow. very different movie. Very different, yeah, yeah. In in, the, in this way, I feel like it's that's like the perfect Tom Hanks role. No, it's I like think the role so. He was born to play. Well, but and they went through a lot of people before they landed on Hanks. I think Hanks initially turned this down because there were so many like age swap movies. Yeah, Harrison Ford had dropped out. Um, Travolta really wanted to do it, but he was considered like kind of box office poison at the time. They had gotten really far with Robert De Niro to the point where he was rehearsing, like with he was doing rehearsals and stuff. Wow. Then De Niro had to drop out for some reason because De Niro was like, oh, I want to do a family friendly movie. And I think because Robert De Niro had seriously considered it, that made Tom Hanks decide to like, oh, well, maybe this is worth doing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do this instead of the man with two red shoes. Wait, would, would the man with, would the man with two red shoes be the sequel to the man with one red shoe? In, or is in, that... in my head, that is yeah. exactly what it would be. Yes. That works out. I get that, 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 that plays. I can see that. Which never got made because Tom Hanks decided to do big. And then after big, he could write his own ticket in Hollywood. He's not, he could do, he doesn't need to good movies like the burbs. (laughs) Oh my goodness. The burbs. That is a fantastic film. I don't know. I think uh, Penny Marshall, like does a pretty great job directing it. Like she's not overly showy. I think this was only her second movie. Um, And I think at the time this was like, the most successful film directed by a woman. I was not aware that there was Oscar contention, which is interesting and sort of surprising to me. It was, it wasn't nominated for best picture, but I think the screenplay got a nomination and Tom Hanks was nominated for best actor. And I think he won the golden globe. Nice. I like that. You know, it's funny whenever there's a movie with like a, this sort of touch of magical realism, it's, it's either, it's like, it's always, I think that I I like a movie with a touch of magical realism that does no makes no effort to explain it whatsoever. It's just that this magical thing happens and a lesson is learned and then the world just goes back to normal. Subtle comedies like that or liar liar. <laughs> yeah. I I also prefer that to let's explain 
everything because yeah. I think the more you explain something, you're just picking it apart more and more. And right. suddenly you're at uh, midichlorian count is high <laughs> in young Anakin Skywalker. And that is why the force is strong with him. Oh, and damn it. <laughs> why that somehow is preferable to he can move things with his mind. It's yeah, yeah, right. Just yeah, that, because exactly, yeah. there's a force that binds us is yeah. is baffling to me. Yeah, um, there's a there's a kid. He makes a wish. He he's he's an adult. Then he makes another wish. He's a kid. Perfect. I I did like when he like started making money as a vice president, and he got that loft, and he started buying uh, all the arcade machines for his. Yeah big his fancy loft apartment because when i was a kid in the 80s i felt like there was no greater um signifier of obscene wealth than having arcade video game machines in oh, your yeah. home and i don't know if that's mostly because of silver spoons or you know partially this movie but i felt like like that is something only a crazy rich person would do. And I think well, sure. I was not alone. And I think that is like the main driver behind uh, you know, like Costco selling kind of knockoff Pac-Man cabinets these days. Right. Because people are right. like, now I'll have Pac-Man in my home. Despite the fact that like with a switch, you can like get a game that's ten thousand times more sophisticated than Pac-Man. Right. But it's the it's the console to me i will say that i responded the exact same way except that it was having it a, a loft apartment big enough to skateboard in i mean are you kidding me being able to roll around in your skateboard in your giant loft apartment you put a little mini ramp in the corner i mean that that, that you you are you are living on and then it, and then you know what kevin soda machine with free sodas he's he rigged it for free sodas the pinball yeah. too and uh yeah. trampoline it's he really had it all figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did exactly. Well, and, yeah, and th there's where the where the the realism and magical realism comes in. That kid bought exactly the shit that you would do if you suddenly had vice president of a toy company money to fuck around with. Yeah, I rigged it so the soda's free. I don't. I mean, I don't know. If it, this is something where I'd be like, I recommend it or not, because I feel like everyone knows what this movie is. Right, right, um, right. I wasn't like, oh, my God, I rewatched it, and it was so much better than I remembered. Um, I think it's probably about as good as you remember Big Being. If you want to yeah. see a pretty good movie about a kid who becomes an adult because of a magical wishing machine with a really strong Tom Hanks performance – this is the movie for you. That's but, the one. But I think there are better movies. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there, there are certainly better movies. But it's like I, I feel like Big is the is, is the exact quality of Big is if it was just if you just turned on the TV and it was just on, which is not really something that happens anymore. But if you just turned on cable and Big was like ten minutes in, you would just sit and watch it, and you'd be totally totally delighted by it because when i you know when i watched it i was like yeah man it's great little kid wants to be big toys yeah thank you for listening our website is gleamingthetube.net we're on facebook at gleaming the tube and our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com production assistance by liam gray music by kissing contest 
Skateboarding is not a crime. 